Greetings, family. Reading a story from the Grapevine 1973 March. It's called The Revolution from Within. Was the world we rebel against wrong or we were we? It's kind of interesting because we saw a movie twice in one week. You know it's good when we see it twice. It's called Revolution something, Jesus Revolution or something like that. And I experienced a taste of it as a kid. I used to run in and out and uh, go with uh, my older sister and the brother-in-law and they would have what they call love-ins. You know, they would sit down and have bands and sing and songs and Saturday at the park. It was pretty cool. All right, let's get back to our grapevine reading. This is sent to us by Jim A. from Donnipon, Montana. Amazing, huh? The students, the militants, and the other anti-establishment ruckus racers seem to have simmered down now to a low boil, with only once in a while a hiss and a bubble. I missed them. I didn't approve of them, though I leveled no more than run-of-the-mill knee-jerking criticism at them, but I miss them because I identify with them. He's talking about the hippies, folks. From the time I was 17 until I was 27 and was founded by AA, I was in full rebellion as much as the protesters seen on television. Like them, I had a panning desire to change the world and a very muddy idea how to do it. I too felt that If the establishment was for the world as it was, who could accept it? I had been brought up in a tightly teetotaling home and was educated to believe that one drink immediately within seven minutes would produce a skid row bomb with vomiting fits and liver cramps. Excuse me. I took a drink and all that happened was that a boy who had been too self-conscious to relax suddenly relaxed with a vengeance. (laughs) So families and teachers and church leaders who had warned me against something as tremendous as alcohol must be A. So inhuman they despise happiness B. Possessed of the aggravated dumbs or C. Lying With all the wisdom at a 17-year-old smart aleck, I decided that anything else I had been taught must be disregarded. For 10 years, I clung to this line of reasoning, rejecting any idea or living pattern as soon as I discovered that it sprang from anyone or anything remotely respectable. This hurt me a lot, but luckily, or not so luckily, I had a ready means at hand to escape what I felt to be an impossible world. Given a natural tendency to withdraw and escape the word, the world before, I now shun it and avoid it with the original friend of the dropout from society, alcohol. The friendship miraculously left me unmaimed, though it could not leave me unbruised. I did get a good education, though on disciplinary probation caused by drinking, I did marry a fine girl, though in a shirt stained by vomit as as an aftermath of a drunk the night before. I landed in jail twice 
lost four jobs in one year, had a couple of car wrecks, and alienated every family member and friend within reach, all because of drinking. And then at age 27, one sensible question was allowed to filter through to my rummy brain. Who and what are you fighting that you are willing to die early and live in hell until you die? That was the question. Again, it rolled through my mind. Who and what are you fighting that you are willing to die early and live in hell until you die? I didn't know the answer. By the grace of God, though, I certainly didn't give him credit at that time. <clears throat> Two clear-eyed and cheerful AAs came to me, told me what they had, and asked me whether I wanted it. To be truthful, I don't know whether or not I wanted sobriety then. I did know that I didn't want any more of the life that I had. And I was 80% convinced that I couldn't change it at all by myself. Of course, old ideas don't die overnight. I tried for the next six months to change my life with and under my own power. My ideas were that AA was fine to supplement my already considerable wisdom. I certainly wasn't going to toss away all I learned the hard way about life. This attitude landed me in the hospital for the first time since I had been born. I don't remember my first birth trauma, but the shock attended on my birth into a way of life built an AA principle is vivid yet. I don't remember my first birth trauma, <clears throat> but the shock attended on my birth into a way of life built on AA principles is vivid yet. This shock jolted me into the first halfway honest self-examination I have ever done. The people I knew in AA were, by my estimation, undoubtedly uneducated, wishful, and naive. But they had sobriety, and I wanted it. I prayed a little, the first prayer, I suppose, in 15 years. It went like this. Oh, God, make me dumb like the poor AA slob so I can quit hurting. Oh, boy. My prayer was answered. I gave up. I admitted my powerlessness. And thanks to a grapevine article which came at just the right time, I was able to go on to the fourth step as if I believed in God. At the fourth step and through the remaining steps, I came to understand and accept a voluntary concept. Whatever the evils of the world, they were not what was making me suffer. If they needed correction, I could do nothing about them until I first did something about the evils within me. Before I could have any effect on the world, I had to like it enough to get close enough to it. And in order to do that, I had to like myself. The 12 steps showed me the way and the fellowship of AA and the higher power that I found as a result of the 12 step are yet showing me the way. Now I am over 30, sheesh, by more than five years. Whether or not I am trusted by those on the other side of the generation gap, I can trust myself. I am part of the establishment whether I approve of it or not. Instead of aimless rebellion, which only put me up against the wall, 
I now can accept that part of the world I cannot change. Have the courage to change the part I can and usually have the wisdom to see the difference. The paraphrase, a famous personage, Pogo, I have found the enemy establishment pig and he is in me. But wonderfully, I have found out that my enemy is my friend and the world is, after all, a pretty fine place. Jim H. Amen. Uh, What a humorous story. Fernando Alcoholic, me and my higher power and my understanding, and I too was 80% convinced that I could not change myself. And uh, I was pretty good convinced that I was always looking for a format to run my life in. I took took a lot a lot of various looks at uh, Jim. Uh, what was it, Joe Wilder? You know, to have a program of lifting weights with chairs and so forth as a young lad. Um, you know, having a, a newspaper route and trying to. I did come up with a concept early in life that if I learned one thing, I would write it down and keep it in a ledger so I wouldn't have to learn it again. I remember thinking about that around 12, 13 years old, that life was a series of remembrances. And to have an index where I can go back and and I don't have to learn that. But alcohol came in and I burned that ledger away. And I had to learn the same lessons over and over and over again. So, only by the grace of God has God pulled me out of of a stupor situation, which even sober, I still look stupor. (laughs) So, I want to thank God for the goodness He's done and brought in my life. Thank you, higher power. Public to say, uncle, I say uncle. Have your way, higher power. Let's let's go ahead and say the uh, third step prayer, please. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those that will help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. I didn't understand my higher power's power and how to but I did understood that he loved me and wanted me to stay sober I started understanding that which which the sober part came first that the power of God to pray and get something done was amazing remarkable and it came in so naturally in the meetings I just sat there saying uncle 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 saying to myself this is the softer, easier place. I didn't say it like that. I said, it's raining acid out there. It's raining knives and guns and diseases and chaos and fights and DUIs and craziness out there. It's raining bullets and all kinds of craziness. And in here is a haven. In here is raining laughter, joy, interesting stories, people that are handling money, property, and prestige and are good examples, people that are going places, doing life, enjoying things, and holding up the fort for the next guy to come along. Wow. I was sold. I was sold in the laughter. 
I was soul and the tears that were coming out of my my heart and my mind and my soul. I was sold on the healing that alcoholic me. And I didn't do anything. I just sat there and brought my sorry ass to a meeting by the grace of a loving God used by the courts, by an intelligent highway patrol that wrote on my DUI, please punish this man severely. Huh. Boy, I must have been really arrogant, huh? But thank God to a, an attorney that asked the judge to send me to AA and interview school. And when I came back a year with my, with all my homework done, my 30 meetings all signed up, with all of my uh, abuse classes paid, $600 in all the classes, those, those are very difficult. Two times a week to abuse school, one hour and then a 15 minute interview, and you know, face to face. And then uh, once a week, I started going more to, to AA. I started enjoying it, and that worked. So when I went to go see the judge in El Monte, California, the stern judge that I saw his fangs come out, and, and the attorney got in front of him and me, my fangs were out. I was ready to tell him to go fly off the I wasn't getting along with my attorney. I thought he was railroading me. But those two became my first sponsors, like Bill and Bob. And they, they pointed in the right direction. So I'm very grateful to them. Now, I'm here doing the same thing. I went back that year. I gave them, um, I got this beautiful smile. I'm beaming with joy. I got energy. I got money in my pocket. Everything's good. I go back and the judge looks over my stuff. And he looks at my report again. And his fangs come out. And he uses the gavel and he says, $3,500 fine. What? Man, I need a drink. I was so ticked. But thank God they put me on another payment plan. And it's over now. It hasn't happened again. Hey, God bless you guys. I went long again. And I read to you from the AA Grapevine, March 1973. And the article was the revolution from within. And before I go, I got one little quirk. From C.H. Fairfield, Connecticut, this article, one page, is called The Seven of Us. Fate weaved a web of days for each of us. Fate weaves a web of days for each of us. There were seven of us, and together we could lick the world. We laughed and drank our way through college and those early great years when some dreamed, some worked, some played, and we did a little each, a little of each, none of them well. Don had a nervous breakdown, went to Sweden for a while, and currently is in an institution. Warren went the ulcer route, and now between benches, Liz precariously on milk and his own blood. Day was cursed with a rich father and as far as I know still is drinking but that's all he's doing. John simply disappeared was last seen standing in line in the bowery for another one day skid row job. Bill as soon as the gang broke up quickly reduced his drinking to normal and today lives happily with his wife their kids and an occasional drink. I just got word that Sterling smashed into 
four parked cars at 80 miles per hour and killed himself. I am in AA. And one saved out of six alcoholics in a merry group of seven. Why?